Another week, another episode, and another disclaimer because, well, the audio quality still sucks. I mean, this this sounds good, the disclaimer, because I'm recording directly into the software, but for whatever reason, uh, Skype not recognizing the audio from the microphone, it, it recognizes there is a microphone, but nothing else. Uh, that and Skype kind of cuts out the first uh, little bit of the intro to this podcast, so I was happy about that. But uh, as crappy as those issues are, the conversation itself not crappy. Steve Raznazzi, guy that used to work with me down in Kokomo, uh, used to be in radio as well, and uh, he's a big rock fan. And we'll talk about what the hell is going on with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Plus, uh, what's going on with this whole Dave Chappelle being tackled on stage thing? And why it just seems weird that the L.A. Prosecutor's Office just isn't doing anything about it. So without further ado, uh, hell yeah, Mr. Rob Roop. Somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Uh, I am Mike, and uh, as you can tell, I'm still having uh, microphone issues. Uh, The wife is downstairs roasting coffee and tending to the wild ones. Uh, Special guest host here, uh, Steve Raznazzi. How are you doing, sir? I am doing fantastic, my friend. Just glad to be here. How are you doing? Not bad, a little caffeinated. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about our connection here coming up here in just a few moments. A lot to get through. Uh, this was actually, br- uh, and this kind of sucks because uh, recording this Saturday evening, uh, the first Saturday of May uh, for like the last several years has been uh, free comic book day, kind of something to kind of jazz up, uh, you know, the comic book industry a little bit because it has been suffering. Uh, aside. From like the big movies that are out, like uh, Doctor Strange 2, which uh, I saw this afternoon and I, and I loved it. Uh, but uh, George Perez uh, passed away today, or has announced he passed away today at the age of 67. Uh, in terms of artists, probably a top five all time. And if you ask who did he draw, the answer would be damn near everybody for Marvel and DC. The guy was legendary from just drawing these big splash pages with what seemed to be like hundreds of characters uh him and marv wolfman pretty much made new teen titans in the 80s and uh back in the early 80s x-men were like the top selling comic book and teen titans was kind of its uh uh answer to that and so you had fans kind of going back and forth on that he also drew uh wonder woman uh the avengers for marvel he did a great hulk story uh future imperfect uh the infinity gauntlet which is uh basis for all the mcu flicks and uh a crisis on infinite earths for dc so i mean he his hand was in a lot of stuff uh had some health issues dad died of pancreatic cancer uh 67 totally sucks especially with neil adams passing away uh last weekend great batman artist so mm-hmm. now i now i know you're a big rock guy uh you're, you're probably not into the nerd stuff like i am when it comes to comic books right steve well, I'm definitely not up to date on it, but I know also uh, Perez also didn't he revise Wonder Woman back in '87 for comic yeah. books? Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, like uh, I guess the flicks, uh, uh, the flicks that uh, you know Patty Jenkins has been directing are kind of based on some of the stuff that he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not Wonder Woman '84 because I heard that was terrible. 
that's all I heard. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I heard. I still have not seen that one, but that is no, it's nothing but negative for that of what I've heard. Yeah, I saw the first one. I thought that was great. Uh, but then I saw the reviews and kind of the storyline for the second one, and I was just like, ooh, ooh no thanks. <laughs> but uh, George Perez passing away um, at the uh, age of 67, and our condolences, thoughts, and prayers to his family. Now, uh, on a lighter note, it is Mother's Day weekend. Uh, Steve, does your mom live in uh, Indiana or is she up in Michigan? Uh, she is down in Bloomington. Bloomington, okay. And you got yeah. any plans to do anything for her tomorrow? Uh, just go see her, maybe take her out to dinner with the family. And uh, typical average Mother's Day. I don't really. I uh, we're gonna take her to a good dinner, but in terms of planning for Mother's Day, anything, any birthday or whatever, I'm really not the person to plan. <laughs> you don't want me planning for any party whatsoever. So I just kind of play it by ear and. Uh, hey, because we're going you're to the Outback <laughs> Yeah, you're you're a dude. So so the the game plan is to uh, sit with mom for three hours and then uh, then eat for 45 minutes, right? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I asked my wife the same question. You want to go out for Mother's Day, and she goes, uh, "No, no," because she knows how that goes. So I, I'm going to make her dinner uh, tomorrow. But the thing is, is like uh, I had in my eye in my brain this idea. Uh, and I kind of pulled it off today because she has to work tomorrow um, for Mother's Day. Since I've got, you know, we've got three kids. Uh, you know, me and Lana went and ran some chores earlier today. And my plan was for each of the kids, Lana, Hazel, and even Logan, to hold a red rose for mom. And I give her a bouquet of white roses. And, a, and you know, Lana gives her a card and says, you know, happy Mother's Day. Well, Logan was asleep. Hazel didn't want to come out to the garage because she was in her underwear watching cartoons. <laughs> so it was basically me up up to me and Lana. It's just like, you know, you kind of plan these things and it doesn't really work out, you know? It kind of almost turns into like a Griswold type of issue. Except it doesn't mess up completely, but it never no. goes as planned. It's... No, uh, and uh, nobody got arrested, so that was good, yeah. No, That's you know, positive. Yeah. Uh, but, but I'm going to make my wife uh, dinner tomorrow. I just don't know what exactly I want to do. And I, I got to call my mom uh, because she's she's uh, down in Martinsville with my dad. Think, the danger there is uh, anytime I call home, I'm always on speakerphone. And if I t- start talking to mom, dad jumps in and it becomes an entirely different conversation. It's almost like a dinner party, except over the phone. <laughs> I'm yeah, it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, uh, Thanksgiving. Everybody gets together and they, they have to jump in with their two cents about everything. <laughs> kind of like uh, like a table reading for a podcast that you well, don't want people to hear. It's, be- it's better than when you go out to dinner with – nowadays, when you go out to dinner, you see half the tables in the – restaurant everybody's on their cell phone texting so at least i guess there's a conversation going oh, on God. yeah <laughs> i've seen that before i i saw a whole family once just looking at their phones and they got up and left and no one touched a damn thing on the plate and you know you know flashing back to when i was growing up my dad going you, you clean that plate you know they're starving kids in whatever country and i'm looking at all this food that was barely touched i'm like that was a waste of money and food jesus oh, oh my that's how it was with my family. You ordered something, you had to eat it. No ifs, ands, or maybes about it. I don't care if you liked it. I don't care if it was, uh, I don't think I like that. Now, it doesn't look as good as it did on the menu. 
you ate every crumb off that plate because yeah. that was money. And we didn't have a lot of money. No, I didn't have a lot of money either. You, you, you go to Cracker Barrel, you drop like 50, 60 bucks easy, and you don't touch a thing. It's like, what was the point? Yeah. Now, <laughs> now, uh, you know, a little history about us. Uh, uh, we both lived in Kokomo a while back, and yep. uh, I was running a, a rock station down there, WMYK. I was the program director, which meant uh, uh, I, I was in that building for like maybe 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it, and uh, we used to run high school games, uh, basketball. I don't know if they still do or not. Basketball and football games uh, locally Friday and Saturday nights, and uh, we hired you to board op. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah, that's the first time. It was uh, 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, I worked because I was working somewhere prior to that, and I wanted to be a little more closer to home, so I applied and you guys brought me in for the interview and uh pretty much all took place from that started from there yeah. and i came on as a board op i put all the friday night games on uh myk and some on i on uh, their sister station wyou mm-hmm. and did some other things as well sports updates uh ran the board for the other sister station uh for some uh on on remote events for uh, Z925. Yeah. And pretty much uh, that's was the gig in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and back in the day, I mean, I guess it wasn't hard to find people to want to do that sort of stuff. Uh, but you were, you were kind of a diamond in a rough because, you know, it did get rougher. And, you know, I don't want to get into a big radio rant yet. That could be for, like, later podcasts. But – I mean, you, you were like asses and elbows when it came to like you know getting stuff done. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, but you know, that's kind of the way the industry is now. It's many jobs shoved into one, and it's not like oh, let's just hire ten, twenty different board ops. There's no budget for that anymore. No. And so you take on five different jobs, seven jobs, while you're working another job, and mm-hmm. it might not be the you know, the most friendliest uh, time consume might not be the best thing for time, but my God, if you're devoted to the industry, if you really care about the industry, you do it. And yep. know what fans are maybe is about it. And I love radio. I've always loved radio. I'm not a fan of what it's become in terms mm-hmm. of the industry. Like you said, that's for another podcast, another time. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> radio itself. I've always I grew up listening to it like you grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the big stations I know you grew up on was the old WIBC. Yep, Radio Indiana. Radio Indiana. Uh, I mean, uh, another one I one station I grew up on is WRIF in the Detroit area. The Riff, yeah. The uh, Riff. My my former program director up here, Matt Toledo. Uh, grew up in Detroit, and that was a big influence on uh, what he did when he was programming up here before he went down yeah. to Cincy. So, absolutely. I mean, the, the Riff lays the has laid the groundwork, I think, for a lot of rock stations mm-hmm. out there that have existed. Yeah. Not- now, you you know you bring that up. You know, you grew up with Riff. I mean, and you're a big rock fan, big absolutely. rock fan, as I am. Um. But, you know, when I went off on my own uh, to college and I would list some of my bands, people would be like, what, you really into rock? And I know you kind of have kind of a mild 
mannered persona about you. Is it shocking when you tell people your favorite bands? Yes and no. I mean, I like a lot of uh, I don't want I don't know if you'd call it deep cut stuff, but just mm-hmm. bands that bands that you would never think of. Like, let me give let me throw you an example out. One band from the early 90s rock scene that I don't think got enough attention that I'm surprised they did not was, do you remember Brother Kane? Yeah, yeah. They, like, they had a couple yeah. of uh, minor hits that got played on Q95, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What I, I, you, you think about it, whatever happened. I mean, they're back together now, but why would they, why were they not as popular as, the, as they, you would think they should have been? My yeah, gosh. Yeah, jams. Yeah. Got No Shame. Hard act to follow. I mean, for crying out loud, that's a band I always have wondered why they not why they did not get as big as they did. But then you have bands, one hit wonders that were big that are still remembered, like the Sneaker Pimps and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't. I don't remember the last time that was actually dropped. To be honest. No, but every time I have a conversation with anybody, oh, Brother Kane. Oh, what the heck is that? You bring yeah. up the sneaker pimps. Oh yeah, I remember that one hit. Like, the one hit, yeah. 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 So, now, when when do you recall like when growing up, like when did that genre, like just rock in general, just say that's it? I'm not a country guy. I'm not a rap guy. I like rock. What what brought you to the table there? Oh my gosh, uh, the riff in general. You had the riff. You had 89x in the Detroit area as well at that time because that was. When Windsor, alternative right? rock was actually rock, not yeah, that was in Canada, right? Place. Windsor. Yep, Windsor. Yeah. It wasn't these so-called alt stations you hear nowadays that are not really alternative rock. Here's and Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons or Mumford and Sons, uh, or uh, what's, <laughs> so, what's the other one? Uh, 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 the guys that are like Beck, but only they suck. Uh, Twenty One Pilots. That's it. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I couldn't t- honestly couldn't tell you one song they sing, and I don't want to know any songs they sing. No, that's, or, um, yeah. Walk the moon, stuff like that. It's just not no. real rock. But you know, back to uh, the question you asked. Uh, listening to those stations around nineteen, I was really young, like nineteen, late ninety two, early ninety three. Yeah. Um, I remember when Nirvana's Heart Shaped Box came out in the fall of ninety three, and that you know once I when I heard that song, it's not really one of those songs you think, wow, it's like compared to Stairway to Heaven or um, yeah. Smoke on the Water. But stuff like that is what really secured me. This is the genre I really like. I don't want to hear anything else that's not rock. Now, yes, I, ha- I was in the Detroit area. Yes, I I look back and this is cheesy. Why did I ever like rap music as well? I don't mm. know what the heck I was thinking because I listen to rap nowadays. I'm like, Steve, what in the world? You had horrible, horrible taste wanting to listen <laughs> to that stuff. But so it used to be rock and rap. Now it's rock and classic country for me. But rock classic has country. always been, yeah, classic. Okay. Not today's country, but classic like now uh, Merle Haggard. Yeah. A couple, couple questions here. Um, this is kind of a first uh, little thing I call first album bought, first album given. Because like if you're if 
if you're a rock guy, yeah, you 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 buy what you like. You you see something, you buy it. But I'm sure you had like a Christmas or a birthday where you where you had one relative going, oh, he's oh, he's gotta love this. So <laughs> first album you took the initiative to buy, and the one that you were given, and was it any good? Well, that's actually a good thing. Um, you said that. The one I was given first was James Taylor's Greatest Hits. Now he's a good it's not songwriter, part- but he's not rock. No, he's not rock, but it's it's better than being given um, 99 balloons. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, right, right. Or um, the 80, um, the artist that, uh, in the 80s that covered uh, the Tommy James and the Shondell hit, Think I'm in Love. Uh, I think we're alone now. Tiffany. Tiffany, Tiffany. Yeah, it wasn't Tiffany, at least. So, um, uh, Tiffany, yeah, not Tiffany. Um. James Taylor was the art, the and it was on cassette tape. We didn't, ha- we couldn't afford CDs back then, mm-hmm. so it was uh, on cassette tape. And then the first album I bought, I want, got by myself, was Holy Diver by Ron, by Dio, Ronnie James Dio's. Wow, that's like yeah. a departure right there. Yeah. Again, though, on cassette tape. Yeah. <laughs> I still got it somewhere. It just doesn't really work very good anymore no, because just, I'm just imagining like one of those uh, audio cassette tape racks with you with all these 80s and 90s rock bands and in the middle of it james taylor's greatest hits hey i but (laughs) but to be fair though q95 back in the day did play some james taylor they did yeah they did and i can confirm that they would play like it wasn't like in regular active rotation but every now and again you would hear fire and rain yeah i mean a lot of artists a lot unlike um you know, Tiffany or others, you know, one hit wonder right. hits of the 80s. James Taylor had a lot of inspiration to a lot of your rock and roll artists of today. I now, mean, my gosh. Um, um, I think Aaron Lewis from Stained was a big James Taylor thing. Yeah. And, and he's done acoustic stuff. Yeah. And what is Stained? One of the biggest acts in the rock industry today. Right. Now, so. the first album I, I was given on CD. And this was before we had a CD player, so thankfully I never fell into this. Uh, but this was uh, back in 91 or 92 when my mom worked at Walmart. And they actually, this was before Walmart was 24-7. Yeah. All the damn time, Supercenter. This was like, you know, basic Walmart. They closed the store down uh, for an employee Christmas party where, the, you know, after hours, you know, employees and their families could come in and celebrate, have food and meet santa and i knew who santa was you know from previous experience in other words uh, walmart in the good days there was walmart in the good days <laughs> uh east side of indy also in the good days and um <laughs> like uh, santa gave me a the self-titled debut album of one mariah carey well <laughs> Uh, yeah at least it wasn't celine dion no no but it was just it was i was like uh thanks and like at the time i don't think my music uh palette was well formed and i i knew who mariah carey was she had you know big hits but i didn't have a cd player to put that on blast and have my dad question a few things uh (laughs) but uh i got into the bmg uh six or seven cds for a penny club and one God, of those, those were albums, the days. 
Oh, God. Oh, my and, God, I miss those days. And one of the first albums I bought, and I say this is the first album I bought because the others I forgot about, and they just kind of, they were just kind of like in the mix, but uh, Stone Temple Pilots Core. And that is a great album. I, badass album. And, absolutely. And I and I still have that copy to this day, even though it's buried somewhere in this in this studio, and it's scratched to hell. But I mean, like I I loved listening to it over and over and over again. Absolutely. I mean, it's one of those albums too where you listen front to back. You don't skip a song on that album. I mean, no. Uh, Cracker Man, uh, Plush, of course, all the hits, mm-hmm. um, Creep. I mean, my gosh, uh, Dead and Bloated. Mm-hmm. that was the opener to that album i remember hearing that for the first time i'm like this is big this yeah. is some pretty serious stuff right here and they and were what they a were talent scott wyland was oh great singer but i think overall that whole band just a, a solid group of musicians now in your Absolutely. opinion as a rock fan uh if stone temple pilots and i don't know why they haven't yet if they were on the, you know, eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, would you vote? Would you vote them in? Oh, absolutely. They no, uh, no questions asked. Absolutely, they deserve. They are a band that deserves to be in there. Now, can I think? Can I name bands prior to the '90s that should be in there as oh. well? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But if you put STP on there, you've got to vote that. Absolutely. There's right. no questions asked about that. Now, I, I linked this on the Mike Davidson Facebook page uh, earlier this week, and I kind of jumped the gun, but I left it up there anyway because I, they uh, released the induction class for this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think the big act from last – and I, I can't remember from the last induction class, but I do know Foo Fighters were finally inducted. I thought that was yeah. great. But, you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, this is this year's induction class. When I first read it, you know, in the opening paragraph or two, it was Eminem, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, <laughs> Duran Duran, Pat Benatar, and the Eurythmics. When I read that, I was just like, okay, so no rock bands are getting in. And then you, you kind of have to scour a little further down the article, and I think it was like the second to last uh, paragraph. Oh, and Judas Priest gets this excellence award. Yeah, like a a backdoor way of finally getting them in. And I'm just thinking, well, it's nice that they're getting this honor. But how many times have these guys been nominated to get into the damn rock hall? And it's just like, well, they're not a big deal, even though everybody knows, you know, you got another thing coming. Um, And and these guys, Rob Halford, one of the greatest frontmen, one of the greatest rock vocalists of all time. Of all time. Yeah. And they're just finally getting it now to their credit to rob halford's credit uh when they finally got this it wasn't like oh it's about time it was they were actually very gracious and humbled and 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 i've always been kind of blown away by how humble rob halford comes off as given the fact that he's the front man for Jesus priest and is always wearing leather pants oh my god he's a very humble person i mean he's (laughs) he, he put a he let me put it this way he had a better attitude towards this than I would have. And it's, right. I mean, and it's pretty much, it's good they're getting recognized, but let's be, let's put it what it is though, man. It's a participation trophy pretty much it what is. they got. It's not a real, you know, they're not in the top like Eminem, Duran Duran, Dolly Parton, um, Pat Benatar, uh, Carly Simon. They're at the way bottom of the page. 
it, it's a it's a participation trophy. I, I you know usually when you hear something like that, you would think rock fans like us were very excited. And I'm not saying I'm not you know thrilled, but it's not where they should be on there. And how many times right. previous years have bands like them been nominated but thrown to the wolves at the end? Right. Many now, years. Now, like with uh, uh, this one story I saw also on the Mike Davidson fan, uh, Facebook page. I think uh, I think both Judas Priest and Rage Against the Machine didn't even crack the top five in fan voting. And I know that they've got their fans, but like it, uh, you know, it just it seems to me the bigger problem here. And it's like, and I, look, I know that people are like, well, you know, Carly Simon and Eurythmics do not rock. But it's like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like if they, if you take like Rob, Rob Roop would say rock and roll back in the day kind of pop okay fine right but at the same time you still have bands like judas priest just eking in or guys like iron maiden or soundgarden or any of these other bands they're still on the outside looking in yeah and, and i'm just thinking if you were just to take the rock genre or hell if you wanted to bring in like old school country or rap or whatever how many acts have been nominated for years and years and years and they're getting older and older and closer to death, mm-hmm. and they're not going to see that induction. No, you're absolutely right. And the way they do it nowadays, they pretty much should rename. I mean, it's a private entity. They have a right to do what right. they want. Let's be clear. But that said, they might as well just rename it the Music Hall of Fame. If they're going to continue right. to keep using the techniques they're using to induct the people they do, I mean, they might as well be going to a to – a, Freshman high school generation Z, Gen Z class right now, they're the ones pretty much making the decisions for these. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. I mean, I'm not, again, not knocking Duran Duran. And I give Dolly Parton credit for originally turning it down. Wanted yeah. to turn it down, but then they said, they got up and said, nope, we're not taking her off the ballot. So I, I don't blame You're her. You're going in or else. Yeah. We're not <laughs> proving this. <laughs> And she had to end up accepting it, which I don't blame her because she originally turned it down. But they might as well rename the whole thing. If they're going to continue to do it the way they're doing it, the music hall of fame, it is not rock and roll in any way, shape or form. Now, you can make an argument. Pat Benatar. okay, she did provide for rock. I'll give her that. Yeah, I don't think she was um, anywhere in the realm of. STP's debut, or of course ACDC no. or Zeppelin, but Great yet she's contr- say what? Great vocalist, though. Absolutely. So I give her that. I, 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 out of all the acts on the top page, she's the only one really that deserves it. Everybody mm-hmm. else, and, and I like him. I again, I was in Detroit in the ni- late right. '90s and early 2000s. Slim Shady LP, Marshall Mathers LP great albums and i still even though i don't really care for rap anymore those are two albums i will still listen to but it's yeah. not rock it is not rock it's like would you put betty crocker in with say dale earnhardt <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's two that's, different things that's she, next year's rock and roll hall of fame induction uh, dale earnhardt and betty crocker <laughs> along with 21 pilots oh my gosh uh. or oh, oh, oh. Walk the moon, Jesus! For crying out, what's right. this world coming well, to, man? Here's here's uh, like my two prong solution is I know hard rock fans look at this class class and go, eh. So you do a hard rock hall of fame, you know? Somebody yeah. get the money up and run in and start that up. Right. Also, 
for the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer right here, up there in Cleveland or whatever, you know, expand the induction class. So you're not just going, okay, six or seven or eight get in, you know, do 15 until you can kind of catch up. So again, these people who have been influential somehow in the industry or with other artists can actually get a little bit of glory. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I mean, they, they definitely, if they're going to continue, they need to really do some things differently. Mm -hmm. They really need to, but hell hands down. There's just, because the, the way they do it now is just totally unacceptable. It's un, it's, I, I, there's words I want to say that I just cannot say right now, but it is. There's no exception. There's no excuse for the way they're handling it right now. And it's like, I mean, Judas Priest, and I'm kind of digress going back to Priest. Everybody knows you got another thing coming, sure, and that's a great tune. Don't get me wrong, or mm-hmm. breaking the law. But one of the most underrated albums that's their sophomore album, Sad Wings of Destiny. My gosh. And the original lineup, um, Halford, uh, Downing, Owens. Mm-hmm. And my God. An, un, such an underrated album that, mo- that morphed into the hits you know now. The British Steel, the Screaming for Vengeance, which has you have another thing coming. That is a they should have been inducted on their first first nomination on their first attempt. They should have been and made it. You know, how do they keep getting through? Everybody how, knows a maiden song, Run to the how, Hills. How are you not a curator at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? You just rattle this stuff off the top of your because I'm too pissed off to talk. They would not take a guy that's too pissed off to talk. I mean, uh, look, look at Eddie Trunk. Eddie, yeah. if, you ever, if you ever pay attention to Eddie Trunk's podcast, he, you would know where I'm coming from with this. Wow. I, it's it's disgusting. It is pitiful. Wow. I, <laughs> <laughs> that, that look. Rant of, over. <laughs> oh, that look of of, of pure anger. All right. Well, now we're, we're kind of run uh, up against the gun, uh, and by that I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. But uh, uh, one thing I wanted to kind of touch upon here, uh, Dave Chappelle earlier this week. I guess the Netflix is a comedy joke, uh, or ne- Netflix is a joke comedy festival, or whatever the hell, out in LA. He was on stage, and some creepy, crazy homeless guy came up and tackled him, and the creepy, crazy homeless guy got his ass kicked and his arm broke. <laughs> and uh, uh, some people got upset because Dave said, was that a trans man? And, you know, you're missing the point here, uh, regardless of what your stance is on that. A dude just tackled the biggest rock star of a comedian on the freaking planet and had a weapon on him. Exactly. I think it's, that's worse than what anything Dave Chappelle would ever say. I mean, Dave Chappelle Chappelle could say Donald Trump and Joe Biden are gay lovers. I wouldn't care (laughs) because if you get if you get tackled by somebody who has intent to harm, you can say whatever the hell you want. Better yet, you can say whatever the hell you want because of that whole First Amendment thing. Absolutely. I mean, and and you it makes you wonder also: Is this going to be the future of any comedians that you know say controversial topics? Is a reason. It's a comedy show. It's not. Re- For all we know, 
Dave, I don't, I have not really paid a lot of attention to Chappelle because of all the hours I work, but I've right. always been a diehard Chappelle fan. They're supposed to piss off everybody. Ever right. hear a person by the name of, I don't know, Mel Brooks? <laughs> all the movie, Blazing Saddles, he pisses off everybody. That's the whole goal. You have to be able to laugh at yourself and not take life so serious. I mean, yeah. my God, if, if you... <laughs> How many jokes could somebody make about me right now based on how long this podcast has been going? My God. (laughs) You could write a whole encyclopedia and another for Christ's sake. Wow. Dude, yeah. Now, the the one thing that kind of blew me away, uh, the weapon that this this homeless person had, uh, it was a knife inside a fake gun. And my thinking here is, okay, if you're going to conceal a weapon, why would you conceal it in something that looks like another weapon? You know, that in itself would draw a little attention. Um, But this is almost a Florida man story. It almost is. Maybe this dude's (laughs) from Florida and he just kind of migrated out to the West Coast. Um, It is. I don't I don't get it. But the one thing I don't get is after this happened, I guess the uh, the L.A. Uh, prosecutor's office is only going to charge this dude with misdemeanors, no felony. What's and, the deal with that? And yeah. And so I started thinking back to a few uh, weeks ago when everybody was losing their ever loving shit about uh, Will Smith losing his ever loving shit and smacking uh, Chris Rock. I support Chris Rock. I think Will Smith was wrong, but I think. The overkill on that was just nuts because Will Smith obviously is in a loveless marriage. Um, but but everybody was just shocked and horrified. And, you know, oh, I was traumatized. Amy Schumer, I was traumatized. Wanda Sykes, I was traumatized. And, you know, it was a slap. And you know Will Smith wasn't going to stab Chris Rock. But you have no. this homeless guy weeks later come up with a knife in his fake gun and they're not going to give him – they're not going to press felony charges. And I'm like, well, where's the freaking trauma with this whole Dave Chappelle thing? Oh, yeah. Well, first off, back to the, the knife and the gun thing. It makes you wonder, <laughs> what what kind of vehicle does this guy drive, first and foremost? A bicycle <laughs> hidden inside a taxi cab. <laughs> I mean, as long, I guess as long as it's gasoline-powered, I guess that – yeah, can make an excuse. Uh, you can make an excuse for that, but right. absolutely. I mean, how it's only going to be a misdemeanor for this, but mm. with the Chris Rock thing. I mean, literally. I mean, to be fair, yes, Chris Rock de- uh, declined to press charges for the Will Smith thing. Right. That said, though, I mean, it's it's like all when the thing happened with the Will Smith, everybody was all. <clears throat> Laugh, kind of laughing about it at first, and it was right at the end of the thing. Oh, I'm outraged. I'm shocked. Right, because happen? people were cheering oh. for Will Smith when he did that. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, I'm shocked and horrified. And I'm like, you guys have given trophies to Polanski and uh, Weinstein for crying out loud. Oh, for Christ's sakes. Yes. I mean, <laughs> everything. You know. And, and Cosby and all, and all, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's and this guy in the Chappelle Pert thing, the guy's only getting a misdemeanor charge. Where's the shock for that? Where's that should be the freaking shock for Christ. That should be the shock right there. Yeah, I'm thinking 
I'm thinking uh, real quick here. Um, I'm thinking what happened there was basically the closer and Dave Chappelle the things he said and like how that pissed off so many people. You know, and and like I think that kind of plays into it a little bit, you know, because there isn't the same like, you know, anybody who's a fan of Chappelle or, you know, not being stabbed is pissed off. But like there doesn't. And he's got celebrity friends. He, you know, he, he spoke highly of Chris Rock and, and Jamie Foxx for helping him out right. uh, when this when this crap happened. But like uh, all these, you know. Where we were inundated for six weeks with Will Smith, and how could he slap somebody? And here Dave Chappelle is almost stabbed, and it's just like, well, we don't have time to bitch and moan about that. What just makes you? I mean, the reason is because he makes the controversial comments that um, Hollywood says they condemn, but really behind the scenes we know it's otherwise. But it's just all because. Of the outrage of the comments he makes for his and his right. comedy shows, and it's it's a double standard really. And I hate you know, I there are problems on all sides. I hate all sides when it comes to politics. I mm-hmm. hate all sides. I'm one. I'm the person that wants to start a third party, a third party that can get elected. But mm-hmm. it starts with. Everybody needs to quit clinging to who what it, and I know this is kind of digressing a bit, but it's really the truth. Everybody needs to quit clinging to whatever their whatever is popular with their political party or whatever the 24-hour news network they watch, and look at it from a case of reality. The guy was attacked, almost was freaking stabbed. I mean, goddamn. <laughs> yeah. uh, that that's that's kind of a. That's kind of a big effing deal right there. It is, kind of. Yeah, Makes me not almost stabbed. Yeah, oh, I almost got stabbed. Oh, that's not a big deal, but um, somebody made a nasty comment to me. <gasps> yeah. Call the police, quick. Yeah. Call it's the police. <laughs> small, small wonder why Dave Chappelle lives in Ohio and not like New York and California. It's just, it's weird. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I couldn't... <laughs> No one can. How can anybody afford to live in California? I don't know. I mean, you, you, the taxes are high, the property rates are high, uh, you know, crime rates high. Mystery. Steve, going to wrap up uh, this podcast, man. But I do uh, appreciate you helping out with me here. Absolutely, buddy. Have, thanks for having me, man. It's been a pleasure. And I gotta go check on the roasted coffee downstairs and uh, see if the kids are starting any fires, but. Uh, until uh, next week, everybody, stay safe and uh, You've stay been fresh. You've listening tonight. to Mike Davidson Live. Be going. sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com backslash M. Davidson Live. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.